0: Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. Um, today we have a special episode in store for you. Uh, it's one of our interview episodes and uh, uh, we have träcked down a, a person that both me and Gustav has followed for a while on, on LinkedIn and, and uh, who has a lot of interesting blog posts about uh, ALM and such. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: So uh, hello, my name is Adriariste. Ariste. And as uh, Johan was saying, maybe you know me uh, from my blog, Arista.info, where I wrote a big, <laughs> long uh, development ALM for Dynamics 365 and Azure DevOps. Uh, I live in a small town near Madrid in Spain, but I'm from a, a city near Barcelona, so I moved to Madrid like uh, mm-hmm. 10 years ago already and uh, well I'm a developer and technical architect Dynamics 365 developer and technical architect and I've been working with Dynamics since 2010 uh, so my whole professional life and career has been in the de- Dynamics and before that Accepta. Uh, Oh, it, it's what I do and it's what I know.
2: Yeah, I can relate. And that's you've also been part then of the, the transition from actually from Accepta and AX to Dynamics. It will be interesting to see when we get so old, all of us, when we work with people who've only experienced Dynamics 365. And there's a lot of those, of course, um, out there doing a great job. But it's always going to be like, yeah, I remember old Accepta or AX. It's like, oh, you're that <laughs> old? Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting when that comes
1: yeah and you know the, the I started with accepta 3 and I I worked for a bit just a little bit with mm. a 2.5 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it uh, what I see is that the product you know in the background it may seem it's the same because we are still working with X++ but it's it, it has evolved a lot, and it looks like it's yeah, totally different product Absolutely, it's really fun
0: i I usually say that that the thing was when it was released i I used to say that it it was actually the same product, but with a different u i <laughs> so so when it when it i mean before we started on the ten iterations when it was still in like seven dot something or eight dot something, it was still basically. Ax twenty twelve R four with a uh, web UI yes. because you had this, you had the same code you had the same uh, b- batch jobs you had the same um, like database structure and and almost everything was the same uh, but but what then what what's then has happened is is really impressive I would say because. They have basically rebuilt the entire product while people were running it in production. Yeah,
2: absolutely. With one or <laughs> two like major upgrades in between, right? But it's it's fun because you can still see some like legacy references. I think the Aksapta is still there somewhere in a number of enums in the in the metadata uh i think they're gonna leave it in there as long as they can just for fun <laughs> or for legacy reasons and some of them some of the misspellings as well where you can find in the code as well or comments at least transnaction or a number of times i think and it's still there it's, it's fun it's like a reminiscence but it's really as you say again super cool to see the whole um like transitioning and even now uh, I used to react to like the Office 365 product, where you could like go come to work on a Monday and then on a Tuesday you get like an update, and one button has moved slightly to the right because of like AI and and um, uh, tracking. Now you see, now we see that not as often, of course, but we see the same like uh, evergreen changes coming in. So. Um, the old AX was more like you implement, you build, and then it's like static. <laughs> and then now it's like changes coming all the time. So that that change in mindset has really been, um, yeah, it's been interesting to see, to say the least.
1: Yes, the, the, the truth is that what we have now with, for example, the automatic updates, um, I just had to do one manual update to an uh, Dynamics mm-hmm. AX 2009. I had to install the SP1 uh, pack, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, it was yeah. interesting just to have, having to compare all the objects that were modified, because of course we were still, we were overriding <laughs> code be- because there was of no course. other way to do it. <laughs> and. Um, uh, I spent two weeks yeah, comparing
2: I remember things. that as well. Then we um, got the impact analysis but that wasn't there for 2009 I think we had to do that exactly that <laughs> code comparison checking and then yeah it had its uh, moments of course as well and it still does uh, sometimes but, um, but, but but with the new like uh, the new transitioning and the, the new product portfolio comes a lot of like you used to be able to be like an AX specialist an AX expert right you could do now we have to know all um, know all about these other tools, and that's where I think one of the reasons of this podcast, and the reasons I suspect that with your with your blog, not to say the least, uh, to kind of help out. So another new thing with this whole new um, uh, with three six five is the change in how much information and community information, and how much like helpful articles is available. Because back in the day there was not that much available to be honest you you could google and you could find some community community pages but now we have docs we have a lot of the good material um covering all of these different areas um and i think also the product team and, and microsoft themselves are much more available on a global scale to to um to answer questions that pop up when you run into issues doing the, those comparisons uh, or analysis so that's another different thing you can actually i think we discussed this in a previous podcast before that it, there can be too much information in the yammer threads and teams and then the internal there's <laughs> like that's why i really like um, your blog because it kind of summarizes uh, a lot of areas of course but focusing on the alm part uh, which is not a small area at all um and it's uh, a comment or, or uh, like um feedback is that it's really is written in a podcasty way if you understand what i mean it's it's not written like a boring scientific text it's really it's you can mm-hmm. see that you wrote this uh, on a personal level i especially love that you have one segment i think it's called things i don't know or things it's uh, i don't remember where it is but I, I love that like headline and these are things that i don't know or that i can't understand or stuff that i should work on and then you publish that as a blog post i think that's because that's where a lot of people are <laughs> right this is an area i would like to know more about but i'm not there yet so it's a really good blog
1: thanks Yes, that, 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 it's what happens, you know. Um, I'm a very technical person, and uh, the thing I like about my job is that, but uh, I think it, it my job is helping other people solve their problems. So when I solve a problem, I solve theirs, and uh, sometimes I find things that I just don't know how, why this is working or why this isn't working or. Why are they using this code here? And these kind of things are the things that make my job <laughs> more fun.
0: Yeah, it's it's fun, but also it's it's sort of frustrating because yes. I know during the seven years that I've been working with FNO, uh, that there's been a lot of time that if I, I've, I've been sitting like several hours, but I'm fairly convinced that I could if I find the correct person they could in five minutes just tell me what yeah. was going on the, the problem was that you need to solve things by doing detective work instead of, of, of understanding things
2: yeah yes. yeah absolutely and that was never more true than, than in the older installations as well but it's I mean it's still there it's, sometimes it can move too fast I mean we our podcast here is like trying to summarize um, the coming changes coming updates etc and every t- every time we do this we kind of go through all the release documentation and it's a lot right so it can be it can be threatening or it can be a lot of information to digest so on the other hand uh, now we have a lot of information coming but um, you still need to invest time into actually doing that the detective work the test because mm-hmm. it's one thing understanding how the component works it's another thing understanding does it work in my installation it's a different thing specifically the features and and uh, the automa now with the automation like part you can come a long way from a technical perspective we are all three like technical nerds here or technical architects so you can automate a lot um, and like test automation as mm-hmm. well as another thing but uh, it's really important that uh, some things cannot be automated um, specifically for erp because it's so complex scenarios right you have to in the end do some stuff manually at least when it comes to testing and uh, like approval
1: Yes. And um, we were talking about this uh, before Mm -hmm. starting the recording. (laughs) For example, um, uh, Gustav, you said um, that thing about source code and Dynamics AX. And um, the first time I saw source control system being used with Dynamics AX was in uh, (laughs) 2016. so and it was an ix 2009. Yeah. Do, do, do you know that for me source control before that was something for dot yeah it was the, um, what was it
2: called it's a source safe right
1: yeah uh, we th- that project used um morph yeah okay. uh, morph BC. yeah the morph the, the, the
2: built-in um version control yeah
1: yeah <laughs> and uh i was like why, why aren't you using just moments <laughs> in the code? Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> and oh, well, so t- somebody did this and, uh, we are, we have been using it since we started yeah. the project. And so this shows that we, I guess, and I hope we still have much more things in the future <laughs> to learn and, and, and to change because, uh, I always feel like, uh, AX people are, for, I don't know, people are from like a different <laughs> planet than other software developers because we live inside our yeah. product and, you know, just having all the, 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 the dev or the ALM possibilities we have now was something that as, as you said before, um, it was investigation work <laughs> because I'm. I first learned about Fano. I had a training, mm. two weeks training, uh, from a guy, which was uh, very good. Uh, the training was great. But uh, when we ask uh, how we do create a package to deploy to production, well, you go to Visual Studio, create deployable package, <laughs> and that's all. And that's and that's what we did for almost one year, until one day the deployable package didn't, didn't, work. didn't uh, wasn't created correctly because there were some missing. The uh, uh, application suite model wasn't being included in the in the deployable package because it was a seven point yeah. seven point zero. It was before update <laughs> two, <laughs> and uh, that's when I learned because um, Microsoft support uh, guy told me you need a beef mm. machine. A uh, what? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> And that's when I started investigating and I think that that moment was when I started with ALM and well, I'm happy that we have that now because um, in in hindsight, I think that I I could have lost a lot of work (laughs) a lot of times and it never happened, but it was like just trusting in some kind of magic that uh, the copies of the servers wouldn't (laughs) blow up or yeah uh,
2: I never had an issue with that, but I'm very happy we we do have now TFBC. Yeah, absolutely, and that's come a really long way, and it's even it's improving even now, right? I mean, LCS uh, was not the most fun product to work with; it still it still isn't in some ways, of course. But looking at LCS from like a, same like experience, here, looking at from my initial product, not only LCS, the whole like onboarding part coming from AX 2012. We're not going to reminisce too much about the old stuff, but coming. from from like an on-prem or even like Azure-based, um, older client-server-based type applications such as AX-2012 or 2009. Like the installation, you, you, you want uh, coming more from an infra perspective, you can relate to like, okay, here's the installation CD, here are the servers, um, track the fiber, I mean, all of that stuff that really like goes out the window now. Moving into, we're gonna like a cumbersome Office 365 process, that was my first like real, um, bad experience with, with, uh, 365, the whole like onboarding part where you had to understand like, okay, it's office 365. Mm-hmm. You have to purchase licenses, a- acquire them, this whole connection with the tenants. Uh, it's uh, it's tricky one, but once you, uh, it was more tricky before, um, now it's more like mature, of course it's easier. It's, um, it's more, it's better documented. Um, and LCS of course has come a long mm-hmm. way with the APIs, uh, and now I'm not sure maybe you know better idea about the um, uh, LCS being deprecated. I think just today or like uh, two days ago, uh, I think they deprecated uh, the 2012 in LCS, right? Uh, it's been there for a while, um, but it's deprecated <laughs> yes. now. So um, going out the window. But I think LCS as well is uh, moving out, is what I've heard rumors about, uh, moving over to a different um Admin platform, but it's not um, not clear yet. Do you know anything about it?
1: Well, I, I think it's, uh, it's yeah. public this yes. information. And uh, today I, I I saw some parts of uh, a session of the India user group on YouTube, and uh, there was the product team there: uh, Sunil Garg and Lanes Svenka, Rama Krishnapurti which uh, uh, she she's the the lead for DualWrite, I think, and and several other people talking about this convergence scenario that we are going into. And I think that the plan is that LCS goes to uh, Power Platform Admin Center. And, uh, well, <laughs> I, I will like yeah, to Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs> I think it's clear the whole convergence uh, is a big topic for, specifically from an ALM perspective. and I know, I, I think the whole, like, app discussion and the, the convergence part with 365 sales, 365, uh, FNO, uh, Dataverse. Uh, we know Microsoft really loves their uh, admin portals, right? You have to have at least three of them, otherwise you can't do your work. Um, so I understand that it makes sense to streamline. And I think specifically the power platform uh, or the dynamics like 365 non-FNO architecture Makes total sense to use as that type of like admin tool. Um, you see it a lot, you see it in the inventory visibility app as well. The admin interface there is also mm-hmm. power Apps. state, everything is like powered by Dataverse. And then you have the API connectors back to um, to D365 FNO um, and you have the low level replication out to Dataverse. So from an architecture selection perspective, it makes total sense. It's just um, I'm hoping that we don't have to like start start again with what we already have from an API and an automation perspective from an ALM rather that we get everything that we have today in LCS we get there as well and hopefully some new stuff as well but let's see
0: yes yeah and and I I also think that one of the things that has been a bit of a frustration is that I mean you have you have the entire Azure stack which which is which is a great um great tool set with a lot of automation options and and things and what's been frustrating is that that you can't basically use any of it for for dynamics you had a special tool where you do special things and that you can't automate and it's a bit it's a bit annoying especially since i when i moved over to to work with fno and and ax was right when when um PowerShell started to become mm. really really popular and you started automating everything with PowerShell and all of a sudden we can't almost do not do anything with with automation anymore we have to do anything everything manual which is a bit frustrating but that's why I think that consolidating all of these portals into something mm. smaller is, is an, an easier and and better and th- that's been more worked through is is a good thing I think
2: yeah but I mean you can do a lot in PowerShell now with you have the uh, the 365 fno the mm. tools right those are pretty cool yeah. Um, but uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> I think those guys have some work to do to rework it towards the new platform uh, not to say the least uh, but uh, again the less portals I have to use in my daily work the happier I am of course uh, that makes a lot of sense yeah um, and the whole, but I think it, it goes to say that that's more in line with the, the convergence and the dual write um, uh, scenario rather than just moving the portal over to a different uh, different area. I don't think that's the biggest concern. It's more uh, how do we get these apps to talk to each other? Dual write is one right, um, and then from an ALM perspective, I, I'm not I'm not sure about the like the release cadence for. Um, I don't have that much experience working with the CRM side, more from an integration perspective, like making sure the data is pushed. Uh, but usually like ERP, um, speaking to uh, the ERP people working, doing things differently, it's basically one of the reasons that we do things differently is that the, bus- the systems are so business critical, right? It's ERP, it's enterprise level, it's hard. You can't really do those like quick friday releases and then oh it didn't work then we rolled back that's not it's not doable right because it's business critical a lot of these systems are 24 7 operational uh, and it's really complex business scenarios in many cases um and i'm not going to do a comparison here between between customer engagement but uh, like it's more like say customer and then like the lead scenario something can be a little bit um in the customer it can be a customer an object can be a customer it something else it's not you're not sure you can add something to it but in in um, erp when it comes to erp it has to have a number of like really static data uh, it has to have a fine an invoice address it has to have a number of like it has to be more rigid mm-hmm. when it comes to erp uh, so one thing is dual right super cool with the common data model making sure that we, we can actually agree what the customer needs to have um, but from an ALM perspective, any like release changes, do we then have to like do testing in CRM as well? I think that story from from a convergence perspective is super interesting to see uh, where it goes. We really have to understand all components in the whole architecture. Not You can't be just an ERP expert. You can be ERP expert, but you still have to know whatever you do, what impact that has on the other side and vice versa.
1: Yes, that, that's something that I think uh, we have, at least some advantage compared to the CRM or dataverse people, mm. because it's my opinion and it's, it's, it's something that I, I I'm not wanting to talk about about the CRM, <laughs> but I think it's easier to learn some concepts of the CRM than yeah. those of the ERP. And, uh, yeah. so we are lucky <laughs> because for example, <laughs> when you explain to somebody uh, that works with a crM the global address book concept yeah. and uh, it's, it's sometimes they they okay it's not a very complicated concept but uh, because of the crM has a different data model with yeah. accounts and 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 so instead of customers and vendors <laughs> uh, so they, they they need to understand that yeah you're going to create an account on the crM but this account might be a customer or a vendor on the ERP, depending on the role of that yeah, exactly. party. And hopefully we have we, we are on the hard side. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's easier.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, again, not, not like saying that one is better than the other. It's just different. It's a different mm-hmm. data model, different, and it's more... Um, the way I understand it, at least, it's easier to change based on... I mean, not from a system perspective, perhaps, but you can have like 10 objects that one of them might be converted to a customer because it was the other nine were leads that didn't pan out to a customer. So you have more data that's more or less like complete, whereas in the ERP, you have to have at least some um, some values for completeness in order to complete mm-hmm. the process. So that's um, something that's easily missable when you say that, okay, we have um, dual rights, so we can actually update customers here and it will automatically uh, update them here, et cetera. Sure. But what data do you actually capture in that scenario? So a lot of that, that analysis, uh, it's easy to to miss that you still need to do that analysis work, even though the technical parts actually work. And that's a really good thing to not have to build those integrations. But... Um, <laughs> From a like data analysis and data capture perspective, you still have to do your homework on what what you need as a business. Um, so hopefully that, that like the app story here, the discussions that everyone had. we have we have it the FNO app over here, and we have the 365 uh, sales app over here makes it sound so easy, but it's under the hood it's really complicated as we as we know.
1: And and also I think it will help to the uh, salespeople in the Dynamics space because and I've seen this recently uh, when somebody bought a license or licenses for CRM and then from the for their ERP they were sometimes a bit confused on but it's everything is dynamics 365. Why is not all data in the same database or why, <laughs> yeah, why do we have to build an integration or or why is the technology behind the ERP and the CRM different?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, the thing was, we, we actually discussed this uh, a, a couple of days ago. What, what I think that people have heard when Microsoft talked about it is that we have this Dynamics product. It's <laughs> an ERP and a CRM. But I have never heard them actually speak about one product. I've only heard them speak about the suite of products. And I mean, if you look at, for instance, the Office suite... I mean, you don't confuse Word with Excel with PowerPoint. They do completely different things, but are still exactly. part of a an ecosystem which integrates into each other. And I I I would say that this is the same thing. That yeah, as as long as we see it as a suite, there is really no. I, I mean, of course, from a maintainability point, there is a point, but there is not that much point in in forcing uh, FNO into. Dataverse database, or or vice versa, moving CRM into like the SQL Azure SQL backend, and so on. Mm. Because as long as it's sort of um, a seamless integration from the customers, the end end users part, I don't really see it as a as a as a big issue. Mm.
2: No, the seamless part, and then, uh, of course, the seamless part is the critical one here, right? <laughs> it has to work, um, and as long as you make your configuration correctly, it will, then uh, then I think that comparison is quite good to kind of explain it. Yeah, it's like Excel and PowerPoint, basically. They are part of the same suite. They have a number of like um, interoperability tools that you can use uh, to make things easier. You can import a grid into PowerPoint, et cetera, um, but it's two different applications. That's yep. That's how it is in the end. They're both running on Azure. That's that's the big <laughs> that's the big thing, right? Um, but I'm not sure. Do you know, um, speaking of Azure, the, um, one of the biggest, as we discussed before, like the biggest changes, of course, with 365 being you're not able to access the data the same way as we used to with on-prem, etc. cetera. Uh, but I'm not sure with 365, it's the same setup, right? That you're, you are not able to access the underlying data stores. So you have to work with entities and export from, from uh, CRM side. Do you know? You want more,
1: um, Yes, and um, I think that because they have been on the cloud for much longer Long. than us,
2: yeah,
1: they are used to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, so, exactly. It's the same story, but they also um, have an easier data schema, right? It's less normalized. So everything is more flattened, if I understand correctly. So it's easier to to work with, um, if I understand it right.
1: Yes, I think that they still have to download data.
0: Yeah and, and also I think that the the reason why we think it's so different is that we are used to having the SQL server. If we have a dev environment we actually have access to a, a an SQL database where we can create select clauses and so on. <laughs> yeah, um, and the
2: Azure BYOD the old. <laughs>
0: yeah, but but if you if you look at if you look at um, CRM, I mean uh, dataverse is actually from CRM from the beginning exactly. so so it's it is <laughs> I mean what we call Dataverse is is the CRM. Yeah, but, but that's also a bit tricky now because the last call we had with Microsoft, uh they actually said that that we consider uh Dataverse being part of FNO from yeah. now on <laughs> with this convergence thing. So when you set up a new environment, you actually get a, a blank uh Dataverse da- database. Uh and then you can select to deploy. Uh, CRM applications into that database but the owner of the database is FNO because that's where it originated which which makes it even more confusing because from my perspective the dataverse has always been CRM that doesn't have anything to do with us we might talk to it or we might run flows against it but it doesn't have anything to do with our infrastructure but now all of a sudden it it is part of our infrastructure
2: yeah so another component to be mindful about, of course, a component. Dataverse is like, not a, it's not a component. It's, as you say, something that kind of ties everything together, of course. Um, together. It lights up a number of different scenarios in Azure as well as in in uh, well, Power Platform, of course, uh, if you can make it work, um, matching your business scenario.
1: Yes, that's that's another point, right? And, um, well, Dwarf, right? Uh, it's good, but I think that it needs a bit of work still, uh, especially when uh, setting it up. And at least uh, the problems I found was, for example, moving table mappings between environments. You can export a solution on Dataverse, but when you import it to another environment, the integration keys aren't imported. <laughs> so, they need to have all of these things into consideration just to make our life easier. Yeah,
0: yeah. but I, I also think that one, one part in this is that when we do uh, we, when we migrate the customer from AX 2012 to, to FNO, we almost never do a, a code upgrade. We set up a new environment and move selectively move in, um, customizations over to the new environment. And I think the the thing is that we should probably do the same thing for CRM. That when we do an implementation of of ERP, we should probably prepare the customer that the CRM that that we set up for the new ERP is a new CRM, mm. and that we that we that we do the same kind of move of customizations over to CRM as well. Because I I mean I I totally agree. It will be. A, I'm not sure if it will be a. a Harder project because it's actually not that simple to do. Like the to to fix the incompatibilities, that's that's even harder, I would say. But uh, moving it into a new environment actually gives them a chance to clean up the the CRM as well. Yeah,
1: I guess that that depends also depends on the project, because um, what I've seen also is a customer wanting to link. Their FNO to an existing CRM with uh, a ton of custom solutions and <laughs> well it has to be done. And it it it, it was done. <laughs> and without yeah, problem. Yeah, but
0: the but the thing is that's interesting <laughs> is that if someone came to you and said that we are going to do it the other way. We have an existing CRM, we want to move we want to we want to integrate it to FNO and you need to do all of the changes on the FNO side. <laughs> that wouldn't be you wouldn't be happy with that no. because you would have to customize it to yeah. to almost break it that's the problem and i think the the whole point of this is that you have a set of of uh, rules for c. r. m. you have a set of rules for f n o and if you those rules are set up in order not to integrate them or integrate them in a very 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 controlled manner if you're using dual write, you're actually writing things directly into the database. And in that case, you actually need to do it a bit more carefully and a bit more controlled. So that's why I think that it's it's important to, to understand that if you're doing this with dual write, you need to make sure that it, it, it will be a lot of work uh, either way. It will be a lot of work if you, um, if you redo CRM and you move things over it will also be a lot of work if you if you if you want to keep it so so it's 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 important to understand that both of it will create a lot of work I would say
2: yeah it goes to my point previously as well to say I mean you'll write this again a technical component that gives us the possibility to solve a couple of scenarios without having to build custom integrations. Um, but on, on, in both of your scenarios, this either side has already been customized. And the question is, where do, can we use the tool for our needs? You don't have to use tool right, but it's there. Of course, it's been, it's a lot of like buzz around you write right now. Again, important to understand don't like enable dual write just because you can um, <laughs> for everything. And, like, enable it where it suits you if it matches your needs. You don't maybe you don't have to have like full, uh, full blown dual write data flowing all all across. Does it? Uh, do you need it? Does it match your needs? And then use it as a, that technical component that it is. And it does light up a couple of different scenarios, but um, it doesn't really make any sense, at least not from my understanding right now, to just go like full blown, export everything. There you, you have different capabilities there for like data lake and other scenarios. Um, it's on a neat, neat basis, I would say. Um, I hope at least. Yes, yes. And uh,
1: it, when it doesn't work, it's a headache. Fixing <laughs> dual right
2: is a headache. It's terrible. Yeah. But it goes again back to what you said before about uh, not that is a black box really. Like you can understand if it pops up over here, great. Uh, if it doesn't, okay. How can I figure out what went wrong? Uh, I can only work with the error messages that are that are given to me. So uh, again, back to like detective work and making sure that well, it should work, it matches our need. But if if I can't really open the hood and understand it, then detective work becomes more of a like ticket issue towards. Um, towards Microsoft in this case, which is also fine if, if it doesn't create a lot of tickets. Yes,
1: and in the end, uh, I guess that also sending tickets because we find problems <laughs> helps... We'll get the product a bit better. Yeah. And that's
2: the good that's a good takeaway exactly. I mean as long as we don't end up being uh, like the ones taking on the hit too much um <laughs> uh, us three at least we 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 kind of test things before uh, of course as much as we can but but um uh, it's a good balance I hope between releasing uh, like working stuff and not having the clients find out about all the bugs <laughs> but it's um, but all all use cases are different basically. <laughs> that's that's my key experience here even if it's been tested 10 times somewhere else that doesn't mean that it works at your instance it never does um,
0: actually i think that we we've, we've uh, sort of starting to hit the end uh, of our recording so i would just like to to ask you if there is anything else that you would like to um, bring up
1: oh uh, what i guess that um, it's something that I think I've written about and I've talked about in, in, in the sessions, uh, on, in the community I give, but if somebody is still working with Dynamics AX or, or is new to FNO, uh, I think that the good advice is to stop thinking that they are only Ajax developers and, uh. They have to learn about Dataverse, (laughs) they have to learn about Azure, about uh, Azure DevOps, and uh, that's good. And I encourage everybody to learn about that because otherwise, well, (laughs) they will get stuck with AX things.
2: Yeah. And things will not be as much fun as a good, I think that's a very good comment from you, Adria. And also with the help of your blog and other community material that is there, I sometimes might feel like too overwhelming uh, to learn all that stuff. But it is, it's really not, you don't have to like be an expert in all areas, but you need to know about them. Um, You need to understand how they fit in into the whole Um, architecture and and you can do that with the help of a lot of material that's there but you like you say that's a very good recommendation you can't not do it you have to do it
0: yeah so uh, i would like to just say thank you for joining us tonight it's been really really fun and a, a very interesting discussion
1: thanks for inviting me it has been a pleasure yeah yeah thank you
0: and uh with that i think we say goodbye for tonight